hello friends today we are going to see chapter 7 food education health housing and work human rights begin with breakfast this quip from the former president of senegal leopold senghor prompts many to react in alarm some are this assertion as a part of an argument that certain rights such as the right to food need to be properly secured before one can turn to the luxury of the right to vote or to the privilege of freedom of expression indeed many subscribe to a so called full belly thesis according to which subsistence rights to food and water have to be secured before turning to civil and political rights relating to political participation arbitrary detention freedom of expression or privacy such argumentation is not a prevalent as it used to be at least in government circles today all governments accept most of the time that uh, there should be no prioritization among different types of rights different types of rights are seen to be mutually reinforcing better nutrition health and education will lead to improvements in political freedoms and the rule of law similarly freedom of expression and association can ensure that the best decisions are taken to protect rights to food health and work despite the logic of such a desire to secure all rights for all people traditional assumptions about what constitute proper human rights still persist one does not have to look very far to find voices claiming that the rights we are discussing in this next chapter we are not really human beings such as uh, sorry such an approach probably conceals a sense that such rights get in the way of uh, rational choice and economic efficiency alternatively those who wish to confine human rights to issues such as torture and freedom of expression may have simply underestimated how much we now care about poverty and disease not only when it, uh, it affects us but also when it affects other people the traditional narrow narrow reading of human rights is today rarely explicitly defended in international relations the expression human rights cover not only civil and political rights such as freedom from torture slavery and arbitrary detention but also economic social and cultural rights in the words of the universal declaration everyone has the right to a standard of living adequate for the health and well-being of himself and of his family including full food clothing housing and medical care and necessary social services and the right to security in the event of unemployment sickness disability widowhood old age or other lack of livelihood in circumstances beyond his control international disagreement now concerns first the appropriate mechanisms for the enforcement of such rights and second the exact scope of these rights before turning to the interpretation of the scope of these rights let us consider the perceived problem of enforcement 
A main concern is that economic and social policy is best determined by policy makers who are democratically accountable and not by unelected judges with no specialized knowledge of how to prioritize the distribution of limited resources. In a context such as health, it is clear that health authorities and hospitals may have to deny some people uh, treatment when uh, this represents an unreasonable strain on limited resources. Those who support increasing the judicial enforcement of economic, social and cultural rights point out that protecting civil and political rights also involves deciding questions with uh, resource implications. The provision of human conditions for detainees has, has resource implications. Establishing the preconditions for truly free and fair elections likewise costs money. But there remains a tension regarding the appropriateness of economic and social rights for a judicial enforcement. The result is that in those instances when courts have adjudicated economic, social and cultural rights, judges have been careful not to impinge orally on the roles of the legislature and executive. For example, the judiciary in South Africa has reminded the government of its uh, duty to justify restrictions on access to health care and demanded that the government develops policies to ensure housing for the most marginalized. As with civil and political rights, the judiciary may remind governments that they have duties to ensure that legislation is introduced to ensure that rights can be enjoyed and protected under an effective legal system. Let us now look at some economic and social rights in a little more detail. Food. The existence of the right to food does not mean that the government has to provide free food for all. The right to food is a shorthand for a more complex set of obligations relating to food security which involves ensuring access to food and planning for shortages and distribution problems. We can start with the immediate obligations. First, the government should avoid undermining food security and should plan for the needs of the population. In particular, there should be no violation of the right to food through the unjustified uh, destruction of cro crops or evictions from land. Furthermore, there must be no discrimination with regard to access to food. These immediate obligations can be seen as a part of a duty to respect the right to food. A second level of obligation concerns the duty to protect the right to food. Here we find uh, obligations to protect individuals for inter uh, interference with their rights uh, to sorry with their right to food from other actors. So, for example, the state may have a duty to regulate with regard to food safety. In some contexts, this may require the state to guarantee that uh, a title to land is ensured to those who have a close cultural link to the land such as indigenous peoples. The third level is variously expressed as an obligation to fulfill, assist, facilitate or provide. This means on the one hand strengthening access to food by ensuring that people have the resources for food security through stimulating employment, engaging in land reform and developing transport and storage facilities. On the other hand, the state may have to provide food or uh, social security to fulfill 
basic needs in the situations referred to uh, in the united uh, sorry in the universal declaration cited about uh, sorry cited above in in which the individual is subject to unemployment sickness disability widowhood old age or other lack of livelihood in circumstances uh, in circumstances beyond uh, his control these international obligations have been developed uh, in tandem with constitutional rights in some countries significant progress has been made through national civil society appeals to the right to food in public interest litigation before the indian supreme court kamiyani bali mahabal from the center uh, for enquiry into health and allied themes sehat the acronym in hindi uh, is uh, hindi for health explains the right to food campaign uh, operates on the premise that everyone has a fundamental right to be free from the uh, from hunger and under nutrition realizing this right requires not only equitable and sustainable food systems but also a guarantee of livelihood security such as the right to work land and uh, social security the campaign pursues its goals through a wide range of activities including initiating public hearings action oriented research media advocacy and lobbying as well as participating in public interest litigation on the right to food in relation to the later activity the campaign has a small legal support group which handles supreme court hearings also the mid midday meal movement has continued to grow according to official data 50 million children now get a free school lunch with another 50 million or so in the queue in recent years considerable focus has been placed on the right to water as water has come to be regarded as a part of a globalized services market often subsumes uh, subsumes uh, under the right to food the right to water is increasingly raised in the context of privatization of public utilities and in particular with the regard to multinational companies which have been accused of pricing parts of a population out of the market resulting in a denial of the right to water now education education makes a people easy to lead but difficult to drive easy to govern but impossible to enslave this comment attributed to the member of parliament on and lord chancellor baron brogham Uh, in 1778 to 1868 reminds us that uh, education is essential to any effort to enhance human rights in this sense the right to education is crucial to empowering people to be able to enjoy their other rights the right to education involves not only obligations to refrain from interfering with the right by closing schools or det- or discriminating against certain pupils but also includes obligations to fulfill the right to education by providing compulsory free primary education for all the right to education has been developed at the doctrinal level to encompass what is known as a four a's uh, approach availability accessibility acceptability and adaptability some might hear echoes here of the three arts reading writing and arithmetic first 
education has to be available in the functional sense so that in the words of the united nation committee on economic social and cultural rights there has to be protection from the elements sanitation facilities for both sexes safe drinking water trained teachers receiving domestically competitive salaries and teaching materials the late united nation expert katerina thomas Sevaski pointed out that for availability to be um, meaningful rather than formal, schools have actually to attract children. Not only must schools be formally open to both boys and girls, but they should be monitored to ensure that girls and boys are retained in school. Inadequate teaching or lack of relevant school books will mean that uh, children and parents will see little point in using the available facilities and the government will fail in its obligation to provide compulsory primary education that is available free to all second the state must ensure that schools and programs are accessible to all this has three dimensions first accessibility means non-discrimination this is an obligation on states with immediate effect affirmative action or temporary special measures intended to bring about quality uh, sorry intended to bring about equality for men and women or for disadvantaged groups is not considered a violation of the non-discrimination rule as long as it does not continue unnecessarily discrimination against girls remain a real problem for example pregnancy can trigger girls being expelled from school to violation of their right to education furthermore for some parents it is seen as economically irrational to invest in their daughter's education they therefore privilege their boys education the second dimension to accessibility is a physical accessibility this means that children with disabilities are not excluded due to the design of the buildings and the education is within physical reach geographically the third dimension is economic accessibility while international law demands that education be free in the elementary and fundamental stages there is a weaker uh, obligation with regard to secondary education so that there should be a progression towards free secondary education this means that although priority is to be given to ensuring free primary education governments must also take uh, concrete steps to ensure free secondary and tertiary education acceptability is the concept used to describe the importance of ensuring that education is conducted in a way that is accessible uh, sorry that is acceptable acceptable to children and parents the environment has to tackle not only maternal conditions and aspects such as violence and scheduling but it must also enable children to develop and learn Corporal punishment in schools is a violation of the rights of the child and uh, bullying can be addressed in terms of human rights uh, language which refers to cruel, inhuman and degrading treatment. From the earliest international articulation of the right to education, there has been a second dimension relating to parents' rights in the education. The rights of parents to choose the kind of education to be given to their children. Parents have also used this human right to challenge national laws on corporal punishment in schools. Where Christian schools in uh, South Africa claimed that banning corporal punishment in schools violated the human rights of parents to practice their religion under the constitution. The constitutional court considered how to weigh respect for this right with the interest of the child. The court brought uh, the balance down firmly in favor of uh, 
upholding the general ban on corporal punishment the law banning corporal punishment was held to be designed to promote respect for the dignity and physical integrity of all children the use of corporal punishment in scotland was also successfully challenged before the european court of human rights where it held that the parents philosophical convictions regarding discipline of their children are only protected when they are worthy of respect in a democratic society and are compatible with human dignity and the right to education of the children the fourth aspect of the right to education the concept of adaptability raises fundamental questions about education what is education for and who and who decides as long as education is geared solely to admission to the next selective stage of education some children will be ill equipped for life article 29 of the convention on the rights of the child Uh, sets out a number of aims for education the stress is on developing the child's personality and instilling respect for particular values including the protection of the environment health the right to health does not mean that we have the right to be healthy the right to health is defined by united nation expert paul hunt as a right to an effective and integrated health system encompassing health care and the underlying de- determinants of health which is responsive to national and local priorities and accessible to all Uh, he uses the accessibility prism to point out that the right to health means that uh, health care must be accessible to all not just the wealthy but also those living in poverty not uh, just majority ethnic groups but uh, minorities and indigenous peoples too uh, not just those living in urban areas but also remote villages not just men but also women the health system has to be accessible to all disadvantaged individuals and communities the united nations committee on economic social and cultural rights has developed an interpretation of the right to health contained in the united nation covenant they use the same uh, triptych of uh, obligations to respect protect and fulfill that we discussed earlier their interpretation can be summarized as follows first the obligation to respect uh, requires states to avoid measures that could prevent the enjoyment of the right therefore states are under the obligation to respect the right uh, respect the right to health by inter alia refra- refraining from first denying or um, limiting equal access for all persons to preventive curative and uh, palliative health services second prohibiting or impeding traditional preventive care healing practices and medicines third marketing unsafe drugs fourth applying or uh, applying coercive medical treatment fifth limiting access to contraceptives and other means of maintaining sexual and reproductive health sixth Uh, censoring with withholding or uh, intentionally misrepresenting health related information including sexual education and uh, information as well as preventing people's participation in health related matters second the obligation to protect requires uh, states to take measures that prevent third parties from interfere from interfering with the right to adequate health care obligations to protect include therefore the duties of states to first adopt legislation or to take other measures 
ensuring equal access to healthcare and health related services provided by third parties second ensure that privatization of the health sector does not constitute a threat to the availability accessibility acceptability and equality of health facilities goods and services third control the marketing of medical equipment and medicines by third parties fourth prevent third party parties from uh, coercing women to undergo traditional practices such as female genital mutilation and uh, fifth the take measures to protect all vulnerable or marginalized groups of society in particular women children adolescents and older persons finally the obligation to fulfill the required states to take positive measures that enable individuals and groups to enjoy the uh, right to health the obligation to fulfill required states for instance to uh, first give sufficient recognition to the right to health in the national political and legal systems preferably by way of legislative implementation second adopt a national health policy with a detailed plan for realizing the right to health third ensure provision of health care including immunization programs against the major infectious diseases fourth ensure equal access for all to the underlying determinants of health such as a nutrition nutritiously uh, safe food and uh, potable drinking water basic sanitation and adequate housing and living conditions fifth ensure the appropriate training of doctors and other medical personnel the provision of uh, sufficient numbers of hospitals clinics and other health related facilities with the due, due regard to equitable distribution throughout the country sixth provide a public uh, private or mixed health insurance system that is affordable for all seventh promote medical research and health education and eight promote information campaigns in particular with respect to hiv or aids and uh, sexual and reproductive health traditional practices domestic violence the abuse of alcohol and uh, the use of cigarettes drugs and other harmful substances this all looks perfect on paper and left to their own devices most uh, most governments would claim they are doing their best to progressively realize all of the above taking into account their available resources hunt and others have therefore started to develop an accountability schema using indicators and uh, benchmarks this is how it works first uh, key indicators are chosen they should be disaggregate disaggregated for a gender or race or other relevant characteristics as appropriate the challenge is to ensure that all agencies and human rights bodies concentrate on equivalent indicators the second step is for the government to set national benchmarks as a time bound target the government would propose various national benchmarks <coughs> sorry the relevant uh, treaty monitoring body should approve or adjust the benchmark to ensure that the state fulfills its international obligations in this context lastly as a part of any periodic uh, review these benchmarks are reviewed by the various international and national actors concerned and uh, in this way progress or regression can be monitored and if necessary corrected here we are not really in the presence of uh, judicially enforceable remedies for violations of rights we are in the realm of thinking about issues such as health or trade or development in terms of uh, uh, rights based uh, 
approach which focuses on concepts such as participation accountability non discrimination empowerment and links to international legal norms a contemporary controversy in the context of the right to health is the perceived clash with the intellectual property rights of multinational pharmaceutical companies while states may have a duty under some legal regimes to protect intellectual property rights in ways that ensure the welfare of the society intellectual property rights are not absolute human rights like the right not to be tortured the interest of companies in earning enough from sales of uh, their pharmaceuticals to enable them to fund further research and development have to be weighed by the state against the human rights of those needing access to healthcare so far this issue has remained a question of uh, political action rather than a judicial weighing of competing rights a successful popular campaign was mounted against uh, those pharmaceutical companies that sought to sue, sue the south african government of nelson mandela for the government's failure to protect their intellectual property rights in a related development states have argued in the context of the international trade regime of the world trade organization on trade law rules designed to protect intellectual property rights accommodating the obligation on states to provide accessible healthcare under a new procedure generic medicines manufactured under compulsory licenses can be imported and used by states in need access to essential medicines remains however a huge challenge at the end of 2005 only 17% of those in need of antiretroviral hiv treatment in sub saharan africa had access to these medicines the g great leaders sorry the g8 leaders pledged in scotland in 2005 that there should be as uh, near as possible universal access to hiv treatment by 2010 later in the year all states agreed at the united nations summit that everyone including the pharmaceutical company should work to ensure such access and to provide the necessary drugs to treat the african continent of tuberculosis and malaria housing we have just seen that the right to health does not mean that an individual can demand unlimited resources from the government similarly scott lickey uh, in one of his uh, core contributions to the topic starts out by assuring the reader that the legal text establishing housing rights norms obviously were not created to ensure the right of everyone to inhabit a luxurious mansion surrounded by well sculpted gardens it is the concept of adequacy that has been central to the development of the right to housing since its inclusion in the universal declaration of human rights in 1948 this concept takes us beyond a minimal notion of shelter the roof or one's head and focuses our attention on the crucial concerns of the individual holders of the right worldwide the housing situation in is a dire with the united nation estimating that 600 million urban dwellers and or 1 billion rural dwellers live in or crowded and poor quality housing with inadequate provision of water sanitation drainage and garbage collection the united nations committee on economic social and cultural rights has paid particular attention to the right to adequate housing found in the 
covenant on economic social and cultural rights and addressed the question of adequacy in some detail highlighting the following aspects first legal security of tenure second availability of services materials facilities and infrastructure third affordability fourth habitability fifth accessibility sixth location seventh cultural adequacy with regard to the immediate obligation of governments there is a clearly an obligation to abstain from practices that are discriminatory or that involve illegal forced evictions let us look at legal security of tenure tenure is a flexible institution which can take different forms in different contexts the committee includes rental public and private accommodations corporate uh, cooperative housing lease owner occupation emergency housing and informal settlements including occupation of land or property there has also been an in an interest in security of uh, tenure from economists and those working in development this right is not only about the protection of uh, dignity but can in addition be seen as instrumental to economic development we should also consider however that property rules may be part of the problem rather than a simple solution for example in many countries property is registered in the man's uh, name only sorry in uh, in the man's name alone often uh, limiting women's access to housing in the event of death or divorce perhaps the greatest focus in this area has been on the legal and procedural protections that have to be developed in the context of forced evictions as defined in human rights law the general prohibition on forced evictions is uh, an obligation of immediate obligation the committee has uh, defined forced evic forced evictions as follow the permanent or temporary removal against their will of individuals families and or communities from the homes and or land which they occupy without the provision of an access to appropriate forms of uh, legal or other pro protection the prohibition on forced evictions does not however apply to evictions carried out by uh, force in accordance with the law and in conformity with the provisions of the international covenants on human rights this immediate obligation is now at the heart of uh, housing rights activism part of the focus has been on large scale development projects in turn this has uh, prompted the adoption of guidelines on involuntary resettlement by the organization for economic cooperation and development as well as by the world bank these elaborate guidelines norms and recommendations have in some cases been used to prevent or halt forced evictions and uh, remind governments that uh, housing is a human rights issue but uh, things are not really so simple as uh, with other rights such as the right to privacy housing rights come up against other fundamental rights claims consider the right to water of the people of gujarat and the rights of those about to be displaced from their housing in the area designated to be flooded for the narmada dam in india invoking human rights does not determine the dilemma human rights principles however provide the vocabulary for the evaluation of the decision making process the majority of the indian supreme court uh, was careful uh, to avoid replacing the government's decisions with a judicial preference for one set of uh, rights claims conflicting rights had to be considered uh, 
if if for one set of people namely those of gujarat there was only one solution namely construction of a dam the same would have an adverse effect on another set of people whose houses and agricultural land would be submerged in water when a decision is taken by the government after a due consideration and full application of mind the court is not to sit in a appeal over such decision in closing this section on housing we should point out that some actions against the right to housing amount to international crimes and now give rise to individual crim- criminal responsibility starting with the crimes mentioned in the rome statute for the international criminal court we uh, court we could mention that a widespread or systemic attack against the civilian population involving the deportation or forced transfer of persons constitutes an international crime against humanity of uh, direct relevance are war crimes involving the destruction of housing the law here is complex and recognizes that there will be some necessary damage in times of armed conflict but one might uh, mention three separate international war crimes first the war crime of extensive extensive destruction and appropriation of property by an occupying power not justified by military necessity and carried out unlawfully and uh, want only second in an international armed conflict the war crime of uh, intentionally launching an attack in the knowledge that uh, such attack will cause uh, incidental loss of life or injury to civilians or damage to civilian objects which would be clearly excessive in relation to the uh, concrete and direct overall military advantage anticipated third in the context of civil wars destroying or seizing the property of an adversely uh, sorry and uh, sorry third in the context of civil wars destroying or seizing the property of an ad- adversary unless such destruction or seizure is uh, imperative imperatively demanded by the necessities of the conflict those who order facilitate or carry out such de- destruction of uh, housing commit war crimes and uh, could be prosecuted not just in a relevant uh, international criminal tribunal but in the courts of uh, any state willing to bring such suspected war criminals to justice work various national and uh, local struggles for workers rights have encompassed the fight against slavery and forced labor claims uh, sorry claims for uh, decent working conditions and fair wages the right to form and uh, join trade unions and the right to strike in some ways these movements antedate the human rights movement international standards and procedures were elaborated through the work of the international labor organization established in 1919 at the end of the first world war and against the background of the russian revolution at that time an international focus was regarded as crucial to counterbalance the increasing appeal of an advancing communism uh, promising to vindicate workers rights social justice was uh, seen in the con- in the context of both world wars as essential to achieve lasting peace the international labor organization developed detailed conventions and elaborate mechanisms for monitoring compliance with uh, with the various standards a new era began in 1998 with a divisive discussion about uh, 
protecting workers' rights through the uh, World Trade Organization International Trade Law Regime. As uh, already mentioned in the chapter on foreign policy, there was a considerable unease that introducing labor rights issues through a social clause into the trade regime would allow richer states to include exports uh, sorry imports from uh, developing countries on the grounds that workers in those countries were neither uh, properly paid nor afforded the sorts of labor rights they would uh, enjoy in the west developing countries would thereby be precluded from enjoying the economic benefits of their comparative advantage in cheap labor it was decided that the issue of workers rights should be uh, shunted out shunted out of the trade arena and uh, left to the ilo the international labor organization responded uh, by taking a fresh look at international labor rights the rights were then uh, streamlined and uh, repackaged in the International Labour Organization Declaration on Fundamental Principles and Rights at Work. The principles are said to be first freedom of association and the effective recognition of the rights of the right to collective bargaining. Second, the elimination of all forms of forced or compulsory labor. Third, the effective abolition of child labor. And fourth, the elimination of discrimination in respect of employment and occupation. This reductive, this this reductive approach, first from uh, over a hundred conventions down down to a few standards, then from rights to principles, has been met with a suspicion in some quarters. Defenders of the new approach reply that the other rights have in no way been diminished. Highlighting core labor standards simply renders those rights more visible and effective. What exactly is the right to work? The United Nations Committee on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights has warned the right to work should not be under, understood as an absolute and unconditional right to obtain employment. Like some of the other rights we have been considering in this chapter, the idea evoked by the right does not, in fact, give rise to an obvious immediate entitlement. The package of component rights is uh, complicated. The first right is the right not to be subjugated to forced labor. A second right demands that there should be access to the employment market. Third, there should be safe working conditions and just remuneration. Fourth, the right to form trade unions must be recognized and fifth workers have the right not to be uh, discriminated against and to be protected from unfair dismissed finally everyone has the right to social security uh, in the event of unemployment of course some of the uh, limitations we uh, encountered in previous chapters uh, will apply trade union rights may arguably be limited where they where uh, this is a necessary to protect national security and this reasoning was unsuccessfully relied upon by the british government in the 1980s to uphold its ban on trade unions at its uh, intelligence listening post known as uh, gch hq similarly states may be able to introduce certain restrictions on access to the labor market by foreigners migrant workers workers although once guaranteed employment there can usually be no excuse for discrimination against foreigners 
Human rights have not always been regarded as supportive of the aspirations of the trade union movement. Judges have considered the right to form trade unions to include a negative uh, right of association entitling workers to refuse to join a trade union. There have been attempts to present strike action or boycotts by trade union members as violations by the striking workers of right of employers to refuse to entry uh, sorry to refuse to enter into agreements with trade unions while the principles of freedom of association at work and protection from their uh, sorry and protection from unfair dismissal may be universally recognized the detail of how these rights are implemented is a dependent on ideology political power and cultural context some countries have a long tradition of recognizing the importance of giving trade unions a central role in negotiating working conditions. Others see unions as uh, hindrances to uh, flexibility and competitiveness. Such approaches are not fixed and can change in response to social changes and the emergence of new majorities through the democratic process. The principle of freedom of association remains intact. The challenge comes in particular from arguments that globalization has uh, rendered those entities, states and uh, businesses that uh, respect labor rights uncompetitive there is a fear that commitment to labor rights can act as a disincentive to foreign foreign investment in other countries the response has been uh, to create special export processing zones in fact, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development has uh, concluded, based on studies published in 1996 and 2000, that uh, countries with low core labor standards do not enjoy better export uh, performance than high standard countries. We might point out here that uh, consumers and uh, ethical investors are be becoming increasingly sensitive to the working conditions of those in the supply chain for uh, certain goods in the garment and foodware sectors. This interest in working conditions can also be found with regard to workers' rights in the coffee, tea, coca, sugar and uh, mining sectors. Regional integration in contexts such as the European Union has uh, driven a degree of harmonization of labor rights in order to ensure fair competition in the internal market, the economic logic of uh, ensuring a level playing field in Europe has led not only to concrete rules ensuring equal pay for men and women at work, but also to protection concerning harassment in the workplace. Furthermore, uh, European Union law has developed to demand prohibitions on racial and religious descriptions, uh, sorry, religious discrimination as well as uh, on discrimination in the workplace on the grounds of uh, disability, age and sexual orientation. We now turn to deal with discrimination in a little more detail. So thank you. We'll see chapter 8 discrimination and equality tomorrow. Thank you.